Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 69. It's a Friday. Let's get crazy. My name is <laughs> Andrea. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm intrigued by the let's get crazy. Man, <laughs> end of the week must be hitting you hard. <laughs> no, no, I suppose not. I, I've got Aww. it pretty easy, so. John, yeah. walking it back already. Let's get crazy. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, I suppose we could have thought of some some games or something like that, like one of those. Um, we could have played one of those dirty word games. Ooh, scandalous, scandalous! My goodness, what are you <laughs> proposing? I'm shocked. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it, uh, I remember um, what's that? Like taboo or something like that, right? Those those kinds yeah, of things. For yeah, for sure. Yeah, where you write like, like definitions would... for words and you like make them dirty and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Or like you make it just like so crazy that people are just like, yeah. ah, I'm going to pick that even though I don't think that's it. Yeah. I have so much trouble with that on certain games um, mm -hmm. like um, uh, Cards Against Humanity or any of the Jackbox sure. ones. Yeah. Where it's that that going between trying to win and do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Or just trying to be funniest because it's funny. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's a lot harder on something like Jackbox where like you don't always get to like appeal to a certain person, you know, like where like oh, everybody's yeah, voting. Where I'm thinking of like like cards against humanity or apples to apples, you usually get like one person that you're like, okay. I either know that I have to play it straight or like this card right. is perfect for them because that's what they're going to pick. But like Jackbox, that's Fiery a whole lot harder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like Trump card, you know, like you you just have that that card that like everybody's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, a lot harder on Jackbox. We have to appeal to everybody, appeal to the masses. Yep. Well, I wish I could say that, yeah, we've got something real spicy planned for episode 69, <laughs> but I don't. So if you think of something, you can throw it out there, but uh, we will I've have got, fun regardless. I've got a spicy rim on my margarita. Can we count that? Okay. Spicy. Yes, absolutely. Can count that. <laughs> All I right. I'm bringing the heat, have, John. Yeah. I have a uh, pre-mixed cocktail thing a little bit left in the fridge that's like a spicy jalapeno kind of there cocktail you go. there you go pick that up quick brought too. the heat yeah yep mm -hmm. well i'll i'll tie it into to spiciness as as we go on i guess i i got one idea anyways all right um anyways this is popcast on the rocks as i said mm -hmm. but we're here to talk about pop culture things mostly mm -hmm. things that we're interested in as uh as it concerns the subject and um, we're just going to have kind of a chill, casual night tonight. Pretty spoiler free for people. So mm -hmm. don't have to worry about that. But um, yeah, anyways, how has your week been? It's been good. Uh, quite busy. Um, some of Chris's family came up to visit. So we've been hanging out with them a lot during the week. So I didn't get to do too many kind of pop culture-y things. Um, you know, it was more like family visits and pizza nights and um, kid-friendly activities like Mall mm -hmm. of America and the zoo and um, 
watching How to Train Your Dragon. So, you know, nothing nothing real super new or relevant. Uh, but I did, you know, get to steal a couple moments for myself. Um, I finished season one of Ted Lasso, which I'll be talking about later on tonight. Um, and I finished the last episode of season two of Never Have I Ever, which if anybody has not checked that show out, absolutely do it. The The sophomore season is just as good as the first. Um, I really enjoyed that show. Have you heard of what it at that? all, John? No, okay. I don't know it. Okay, so it's it's a um, it's a show from Mindy Kaling, and it's it's a teenage dramedy, I would say. You know, a little bit of slice yeah. of life following um, a young Indian girl, you know, navigating her way through high school, but also the fact that her father has tragically passed away very suddenly, um, and in kind of like a a bit of a traumatizing manner. Um, mm-hmm. So she's she's dealing with that by not dealing with it um, right. in the first season of the show. And so, you know, kind of like follows her attempts to, you know, just really focus on having a normal high school experience, despite her very like overprotective and overbearing Indian mother. She's like trying to have a boyfriend and, you know, have all these like, you know, mm. high school experiences because she's like life is short, but she doesn't really want to think too hard about the fact that her dad just died. Um, And it is, it's really, really well done. It's, you know, the comedic moments are well-timed, well-executed, and then they're even more, um, you know, kind of poignant against like the the more dramatic moments where, you know, our character kind of has to come to grips with the fact that her dad has died. Um, So, yeah. Is is there a fair bit of real mini Kaylee in this? Like, does she pull heavily from her life? Do we know? Um, no. So this is not, I think this is not the Mindy project where she did, this was like her life and she just sort of like, you know, made herself a doctor in that instead of like a TV comedian and writer. Sure. Um, I think elements of like, you know, the side characters and like some of her family, um, are written in the show. Like she's got, you know, like a cousin, some aunties Mm. and a grandma that I think, you know, she kind of pulled from her own family. Um, but no, both of both of Mindy Kaling's parents are are alive and well. And I, to my knowledge, she didn't sort of like have that aspect of her sure. life on the camera. Okay. Well, if people are interested, where can they watch that? What's that on? They can watch it on Netflix. Um, I believe it's been ranking either, you know, two or three in the U.S. and the U.K. And I think a couple other countries top tens as well. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely happy to report. I think the second season is just as strong as the first, um, which, you know, isn't always the case for for shows, especially ones that are, you know, kind of, uh, um, you know, really intensely popular in the moment. And then, you know, they get a second season and everybody's like so excited and then it's a big letdown. But I don't sure. think this one is. Nice. Well, that sounds like... Um... A a tiring week, hanging out with family and jumping around. That's always tiring and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, did also, you know, of course, go to Pokemon Go Fest as we had talked about last week. Ah, uh, yes. With, with my hubs. Um. So yeah, that was pretty fun. That was a that was also a full day, of you know, going around Stillwater catching little pocket monsters. Um. 
met met of course a lot of people doing the same thing. Like Stillwater's mm -hmm. pretty heavily trafficked um for Some, Pokemon players. Anyone from your kind of group? You have sort of circle mm -hmm. or whatever yeah 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 a bunch of the woodbury crew headed over there so we kind of had like a, a group walking around all day so that was pretty fun nice got a lot of shinies okay what was so. the like um specific pokemon was there a, there was a specific one yeah that was so, showing up more or? so the one that you get um the like featured Pokemon Oops. is this gal. Let's see if I can get her. Is it Rosalie? Nope, it's or... Meliata. Meliata. Okay, I, I've never. There we go. This book is like way back there. Yep. I've never heard of that oh. Pokemon. Okay. Yep. So it's just like a little. She's like a little singer because the whole theme was about music sure. and stuff like that. So she was like the the special Pokemon that you only get um, if you participate in um, Pokemon Go Fest and like buy your ticket or whatever. But one of my fun shinies that I got while I'm being a nerd and just like showing off my Pokemon this is a little fighting Pokemon. Um, okay. And his name is Sock. And <laughs> he is, nice. you can see he's like purple here. Normally he's like a light blue. So this is uh, like a rare shiny that I found. Fancy, pretty high CP if I saw that right too. Indeed, indeed, he's my he's my new top fighting Pokemon. So oh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so it was a well, very very busy week full of you know kind of random eclectic pop culture yeah. things amidst family hangouts. So yeah, yeah, it's been fun. How about you? Yeah, I had some or a fan. Well, no, I've had some family hangouts too. Um, went to see some of Ashley's family, and um, that's where like she has a relative that is really into anime and stuff. And I didn't mm -hmm. realize he was also into Korean dramas, and okay. so that's what like made me think, oh, I got to look into some of those again. Mm -hmm. Um because you know i figured it would help me with my korean a little bit possibly yeah and um so yeah i tried crash landing on you which was pretty good but long i you know as i was telling you earlier it's i didn't realize there's that many episodes and they're all like between an hour and about two hours each mm -hmm. so so i don't know i mean i was pretty intrigued because it's about this woman accidentally ending up on the uh, across the border into North Korea. Um, mm -hmm. And I was kind of interested in what how Koreans would portray that, you know, how South right. Koreans would would, um, you know, what. So that is interesting, but I definitely would have to commit if I want to watch this show. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyways, uh, show was pretty good and family reunion was good. And then uh, Ashley had her niece come up as well and so we just took them to breakfast and kind mm -hmm. of visited uh, stuff a little bit she doesn't see her very much sure so yep family things um more taekwondo i uh i got my i can take my brace off hey so how's your hand feeling pretty good um 
it's not like it's not fully healed. So doctor recommended, you know, she said, well, if you're in kind of high risk situations, you know, maybe even just sleeping or whatever, or if you're around a bunch of rowdy kids or something like that, you know, maybe a good idea to wear it, you know, kind of thing. Otherwise really they want me to work on regaining mobility. And then once I've got that back, then I can work on strengthening again. Cause like sure. my wrist is so, th it's amazing. It's not that long. My wrist is so thin, mm -hmm. I'm not moving my arm, you know? Sure. So. Sorry. But. I was, I just had a, to chuckle a little bit at the, uh, high risk situation of sleeping. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I know. I mean, yeah. you know, you could roll over or like flop a hand around yeah. or, you know, something. I mean, obviously something could happen. It's just funny. Normally, obviously yeah. nobody thinks of sleeping as high risk, but when you're um when you're most vulnerable and mm -hmm. a spirit could come attack you. <laughs> you know, right? That's right? Uh, could be, yeah. You could you Never could know. have like a um oh what's that movie Idle Hands experience you know could have an idle wrist oh. where the devil possesses your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, we'll be foolish for them to do it before it's fully healed. Got it. you need that full <laughs> full range of motion if you're gonna do the most damage. Right, so. do the devil's work. Yeah, yep. So um, otherwise, I've been been playing some Gwent and watering mm -hmm. trees and still watching my hero academia and Ash and I get in some ghost shows and, um, cause we met, I think I told that story a couple weeks ago. So I didn't tell it again. And then, and then, um, uh, some more UFC fights. So mm. Chris was watching that the other day. I watched one that was over fairly quickly. Okay. Um, yeah. Might've been the same one. There was a, a guy that um he had to tap out pretty quick he wasn't like he wasn't knocked out or anything like that yeah yeah uh, he was a younger younger guy mm -hmm. and got stuck in the bad position and yeah i think so. i think we're talking about the same one i i have no idea names and you know people you know i i yep. don't watch ufc enough but yeah i'm just getting into it so mm -hmm. yeah but yeah, Chris likes to watch it occasionally. Of, yeah. We got um um we got what's his name? Connor McGregor's whiskey. Oh Connor yeah, McGregor how's that? Has an, he has an Irish whiskey and I haven't tried it yet. Okay. I'm gonna bring it to the lake so um and have some there. Sure, nice. Right. Yeah, he's like mm -hmm. obviously one of the few names I would recognize. Yep. Yep. My sister said, be careful. You'll drink it and turn into a jerk like him. <laughs> Start trying to punch people. Let's fight. Well, he's just such a, I mean, obviously it does it to get, make more people want to watch him. So whether yeah. you hate him and want to see him lose or you love his uh, attitude and want to see him win, either way, they're getting people to tune in. So, Didn't so he, he's an asshole. Did, wasn't he the one who challenged like, um, to a boxing match. He's a YouTuber. He has a YouTuber. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, it was an interesting challenge because to my understanding, the, the YouTuber is not a, a fighter, but mm -hmm. he is definitely outweight classed. Connor. Mm -hmm. 
So he is much taller and heavier um, yeah. and stuff like that. So that's what you're talking about. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what happened. And that fight occurred. And um, uh, yeah, Connor definitely, definitely won that. Okay. So. Yeah, he seems like the type of guy who would just like anybody anywhere. Like, doesn't matter if I, you know, out, outweigh you or you outweigh me. Like, let's just fight. As long as he can, I suppose, guys. as long as he can hype it right, you know, yeah. so he can get mm-hmm. enough people paying that pay per view cost. Yep. You know, then, uh, so. Didn't, yeah. But didn't he also get his ass kicked? And excuse my language, I guess there's a, there's part of the spicy portion of our of our evening Woo. tonight. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> Where are my pearls? Woo! Yeah. yeah, can you clutch them, please? Um, <laughs> didn't he also get like beat really terribly by somebody he challenged? Well, I don't. Was it I Floyd mean, May- I don't Mayweather? Um, right? Wasn't it going to be like this huge thing and, and McGregor just got his butt whooped? Maybe. I you can really hold off clutching your pearls. I said butt this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't watching at that point. I I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's yeah. A, so there's a I very just... recent one that McGregor was in that's a different situation, but I guess I won't... I mean, people probably know if they care, but I won't spoil right. it, I suppose. Yeah, but, I remember. I remember this. Yeah, McGregor challenged Mayweather, and it was supposed to be, like, this huge thing because it was going to be, like, professional boxing because, you know, like, that was Mayweather. Yeah, there you go. Alan's got it up. Mayweather, yeah. Mayweather just, like, whooped on him because McGregor was like, oh, I can do boxing. Like, that's not hard. Like, I do, you know, MMA. Right. And I'm, you know, so tough. And then Mayweather just, like like ended it super soon which like i think pay-per-view was like damn it Mm -hmm. this was supposed to be a big thing and you just like you know killed it yep it's i mean people seem to you know i'm sure i'm sure mcgregor didn't forget he just again for for the money but um people seem to forget like these are all different sports so they all have their own different rules right and they don't necessarily translate from one thing to another like yeah. my understanding as a as, as a newbie was that when ufc started it was kind of a way to showcase and see like which martial arts style is the best for sure. combat because it was just like so the mixed version of mixed martial arts was different martial arts styles going against each other yeah. so later obviously fighters started learning and taking different parts from mm-hmm. different mar- different you know disciplines to like right. make whatever they think is best you know right so so yeah but boxing is boxing you don't get to like uh it's you know check different. someone's leg and keep stomping on their feet and their grappling is such a huge thing in ufc so it's yep. not a thing in boxing so like boxing is pure stamina you know you yes. just need i don't know Stamina and defense. I mean, you can't, mm-hmm. you know, let them get those those shots in. But it's a lot different blocking with those gloves than it is, mm-hmm. I think. Trying to, like, block somebody you can, like, grab onto their leg if they try to kick you or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see then Mayweather do the fight in, oh, but then, yeah, the in other UFC way. style. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm sure people were clamoring for that, but I'm sure Mayweather was like, no, no, like he challenged me to my sport, you know. Yeah, that's, that's good enough for me. <laughs> but isn't um, Floyd Mayweather? Isn't he also? Um, let's see. I'm I'm just looking up for stats. He's five eight hundred. What's five eight hundred fifty one? Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought he was heavier. Um, I did too. That sounds really light for some reason. So I guess if he's just like pure muscle, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's all different weight classes, so he's just obviously right. in a. And Conor McGregor is five nine hundred fifty five. Okay, so yeah, oh, they totally well, yeah, are evenly, like right in there. Yeah, I mean, as far as like body type, evenly matched. Yeah. So so could have could have had a shot, but I'm sure, just like. You know, it was Mayweather's sport. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, you know, I'm gonna have a MMA corner each <laughs> week now or something. <laughs> so. Yeah, I didn't know that. Got- uh, like early UFC was, you know, like different martial arts styles going against one another. Like that would have been, I think, really interesting to see rather than this sort of like, you know, kind mm-hmm. of mishmash of fighting styles that that. Well, you know, it obviously what, it wasn't. Now working for some you know if they want to be in this like you know someone that's has a background in jujitsu and uh and then someone that has a background in taekwondo like the person i mean given equal skill levels the jujitsu person is going to win in this sort of scenario so if you want to be competitive you got you know you're going to have to Either like, well, I guess, you know, this is my art and my martial art. I just won't compete here, you know? Right. Um, but would have been interesting to see, though. Like, I wonder if I can go back and watch them. Yeah, that. you probably can. Like, I, I was talking to my, you know, brother in law about it. And that's what he was, that's what he was saying and stuff. And he's like, you know, we used to be like, you get a sumo wrestler in there, basically. And then, <laughs> you know, someone else that's in karate or whatever. And yeah, that'd be so. fascinating. Mm hmm. I bet it I bet it wouldn't always be what you expect. Yeah. There was a really good match we just watched from this last week that uh, I won't give away. I don't know if anyone is watching it will care at all, but I won't (laughs) give it away in case there is Marisha Cupcake Tate, I think is her name. So everybody, if you're a UFC fan, you can tell I'm a newbie because she's she was popular. Um, but she was coming back into the ring after being gone for five years. Wow. So this was her first match back in. She was, she's 34 Mm -hmm. and, um, she was fighting a woman that has been around for quite a while Mm -hmm. and she's 44. So 10 years older, but it's going to be her last match. So first match back for the young, younger one and last match and then retirement for the older one. So it was high stakes yeah. for both of them, you know? And uh Was it good? Yeah. I it mean it was good. I feel yeah. like you can you can at least say it without giving it yeah, giving it away. <laughs> yeah, I totally recommend watching it. It was okay. it was fun. It was fun to see. So Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um drinks. I mean, mm-hmm. I mentioned Conor McGregor got his uh whiskey. I'm not drinking it today. But, well, what are um, you drinking then? Well, per your listed um, holidays, um, July 24th, 
is uh, Tequila Day. Tequila. So I have a sneaking suspicion we might be using the same tequila. I don't know. <laughs> I'm using the Rocks. Yeah, tequila. baby. Yeah, I. Um, um, you know, that's that's the spice I was bringing. It's like the Rock. You know, he's a spicy man for sure. He is a spicy so. man. <laughs> I mean, so, what? Yeah. Teremana, <laughs> <laughs> uh, small batch mm -hmm. tequila. I got the I got the Blanco one, and um, it's really good. Yeah, I, isn't it? I mean, I'm not a te tequila. I like tequila a lot, but I'm not a tequila connoisseur. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, it's tasty. Yeah, yeah, I've quite his enjoyed his tequila. Have you gotten the the like golden one? The Reposado, yes. Yep. Yeah. Chris Chris got me a bottle of each. Okay. He's nice. a smart man. Do you <laughs> do you have a you can just sit there with your your two tequilas and like watching the just, rocks movies, yeah. fanning yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I did um that's actually funny. I just finished I don't know why I hadn't finished it before. I don't know if maybe it got cut off and I just like wasn't thinking, but I just finished this weekend. Um, uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, Rocks um, remake of Jumanji. Okay, so the not the sequel, right? The first, right, the first remake? one. Okay. Yep, yep. The, I mean, I had I had watched it like basically all the way through, but there was just like a little extra scene at the end that I was like, oh, I must have thought like the movie was over because I'd watched it on TV for the first time that I'd watched it. So. I, yeah. what'd so you that's think been it? playing. I loved it. It's so good. It's yeah, it's one really of those it's one of those like quote unquote remakes that isn't trying to remake the original. It's just like kind of a similar concept, but new enough that it's interesting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's playing on nostalgia and it's got some of like the elements of like you know, being trapped in a game, but it's different enough and new enough. And it's like for the present moment that it was well right. done. It was well thought out. Yeah, I, um, I wish I didn't see the next one, though. I, um, like, I kind of wish they wouldn't have made another one. It's like you yeah. had a good thing with the this one remake. It worked well. Right. I got to try to do it again. You know, I know. I know. I know. But are, yeah. you gonna, are you excited for the uh, like Jungle Cruise? I am. And um, I think I think that's probably why they're that I've seen uh, Jumanji all over, you know, TV this week. It's been replaying itself all over mm, the place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I am excited for Jungle Cruise. I think it's fun. I love The Rock, obviously, but I also love Emily Blunt. She uh, like you said, I mean, I've also you know, loved her since her early work in Devil Wears Prada. You know, I think it's impressive that she stood out against such an amazing cast. Like when you right. when people remember you from that movie that has Meryl Streep in it and doing like, you know, some of the best work and Stanley Tucci, who I also like just absolutely love. Um, and I mean, obviously, like Anne Hathaway was really great in that movie. I don't always love her work, but I think she fit that well. I just think like when people remember you from a movie like that, like, you know, you've you've done something special. Are you bitter about like Les Mis for Anne Hathaway or, or is that what's what's your distaste for Anne Hathaway? 
Um, I just, <sighs> I'm not always like a fan of the, like her chosen movies, you know, like mm. I don't always think she like quite fits characters. Like there, there are absolutely moments where I'm here for her. Um, like I loved her and Jake Gyllenhaal. Gosh, what is it? I think it's like love and other drugs. Okay. Um, where like Jake Gyllenhaal plays like a pharmaceutical rep who's like selling a, a drug for one of the diseases that she has or something like that. Um, and I think she's like quite underrated um, in that movie. Like she's really great. But there are like some like commercial fare where I'm just not like quite a fan of Anne Hathaway. Mm. Like um, felt like she was really out of place in Brokeback Mountain. Um, okay. I didn't. Uh, I I go back and forth on her Selena Kyle. No, yeah, don't go back and forth. There's, I mean, I don't know if it's totally her fault. Yeah, I think that the way it was written, I think that she was, I think she was misused, underused. Like, is just didn't she didn't need to be there? Yeah, I just it was I'm... so superfluous to the whole thing. It just right, right. That's kind of my thought as well. Like, it's not technically her fault but it's like like you know she's you're in like the role the, yeah right exactly like you're the face of the role so unfortunately like you're gonna catch some of the flack there so yeah so yeah. i'm just i'm i'm back and forth on anna hathaway i mean i i you know i thought she did a great job actually as fontine in les mis um do i think she deserved an oscar for it back and forth but that's but that's honestly like one of my gripes. We can talk about this in the news too. Um, because there are some there are some gripes I have with the Emmy nominations that were released this week. Um, some people got some nominations for guest starring roles on shows, and I'm like, you were in there for like a total of two minutes. Like, and I don't even think they were an impactful two minutes. So sometimes it just feels like I don't know where Hollywood gets sure. like some of these like award nominations. So well, we're, I mean, things, yeah, maybe we'll keep the spice going because I might, uh, I might have some, some <laughs> differing viewpoints on, on that story when we get there. For sure. Um, we can, uh, we I, can keep the spice going right now and talk about my okay. spicy drink. Yeah. 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 So also made with the rocks tequila, Terramana. Um, I have made a watermelon and jalapeno margarita. Mm. Nice. Yep. Okay. With a little spicy so, rim here. The oh yeah, spicy rim. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> the uh how'd you would you make like a jalapeno simple syrup or would you do jalapeno wise? Or is it like a just a slice of fresh jalapeno or there's a slice of fresh jalapeno in there. Um and then a couple of little uh um jalapeno seeds that I blended up in margarita as well. Oh, nice. Cool. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, I just kind of like um, invented something with mine. I, I'm not drinking it straight. I, I uh, though I did try it and, and it's I it did really too. Good. Yeah, but um, I put um, cranberry and um, lemon and I have this like pure pomegranate syrup from Israel. Mm. That's my little bit of sweetness. So that sounds good. It's not exactly what you'd think of when you think of like a tequila drink, I would say, but <laughs> uh, it's it's good nonetheless. So you make it your own. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, when I saw your drink, I thought it was the other holiday um, that you were celebrating. But yeah, um, June or uh, July nineteenth was Daiquiri Day. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not usually like into the blended drinks. I've just I've been into like, um, like the watermelon margaritas recently, and you really sure. can't. You really can't not blend that. It doesn't really work to just like have a margarita, a watermelon margarita on the rocks. Okay. So they yeah. use like actual watermelon to like blend up. Right. In there, so. Yep. I I like blended drinks. I just don't usually get them because they it's so often they're not made well. Yes. You know, yep. it's just like, well, I could just go and get an icy somewhere, too, you know, mm -hmm. if I want and add my own alcohol i guess or whatever but like it's just a, a sugar bomb yeah which which is okay but you can only have so much of that and when right. you want a cocktail like give me a cocktail please so right yeah that was always my least favorite uh request as a as a bartender was like a blended drink because i knew mm. usually it was like the one like that people would complain about the most you knew what they wanted yeah Mm -hmm. Oh, they complain about it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because blended drinks are hard to to get right for people. Like, usually people, mm -hmm. like, when they want a blended drink, um, they they want it, like, a very certain way. And, like, they, they feel like, oh, it's too sugary. Or, oh, like, you didn't get this flavor in there enough or whatever. Um, or, oh, I don't like the consistency or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's just a lot – I don't know. I, there, people find a lot more to complain about in a bent, blended beverage rather than like just having something straight up. Sure. Well, I think people get really used to like when they order a specific cocktail, like if it's like, oh, I get my rum and Coke, you know, mm -hmm. um, that they know what the variation of degrees is and like exactly what to expect there. And I feel like mm -hmm. it can really be really different on, yeah, you're blending with like maybe there's, there needs to be some more standards, maybe. Yeah. For uh, some of these drinks, I don't know. Well, and especially if you know you're used to making something at home, um, and you're used to making it either much stronger, or much weaker than you know, like the typical bar pour, then mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot different for you. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, news we got a few news stories this week mm -hmm. um yeah some of them will be quick some of them will be discussions uh i don't have uh, a good transition i guess but up front we have a few video game stories yeah it's been rumored for a while and ea did have their event and they did indeed reveal a dead space game they mm -hmm. are uh people didn't know like are they gonna make a sequel or what's gonna happen they're remaking the original Mm -hmm. um and i'm guessing this game is quite a ways out but i'm excited because dead space is good i didn't play much of it because it's absolutely terrifying but i would <laughs> like to give it another shot it's really cool so i am i am excited for this excellent yeah if like re village wasn't intense enough for you go dead space yeah all right okay um, that's a recommendation yeah um you'd found this but this was like mm -hmm. this was kind of i don't know if it was intentional shade or what exactly but basically um the day that if i recall correctly the day that 
they set up pre-orders for the new version of the Nintendo Switch, the OLED version. Steam, or mm-hmm. Valve, I guess, announced the Valve Steam uh, Deck, which is mm-hmm. basically a handheld portable PC Mm-hmm. Uh, a la the Switch, but running Steam OS, yes. and touting that you know it doesn't you know it doesn't switch. It's a it's as it is, um, but touting that it can play some pretty high end PC games on the mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Um, you you looked into this. What do you what do you think of it? Are you is your interest peaked? I would say yes. Um, you know, one of the, uh, I think one of the people that, that were interviewed for this article talks about the fact that, you know, like I sit at a computer all day and sometimes the last thing I want to do to play a game is sit at my computer again. Um, you know, like even if I'm still staring at a screen, I just need like a change of venue. And like, I get that. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know that. I have a pretty sweet setup in my office, um, thanks to our producer, Alan. Um, But, like, I spend so much time in here already. Like, I don't know. Sometimes there's just moments where you're just like, I got to get out of this same room. But I still want to play. Like, But I do want to, like, make the foray into Steam um, and, like, more PC gaming. But it'd be nice to, yeah, like, have that be able to be on the go. So I think this Mm -hmm. is a smart move. I, I I'm really, really interested in what how this is gonna do. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, Valve released a they had kind of an initiative to set up so different OEMs could make. I think they were called Steam boxes back in the day, which were right. like small PCs and some of that, and that didn't take off. They kind of abandoned it quickly. Mm-hmm. This, um, you know, everybody's like putting it head to head with the switch, but it's really not, I don't know it to me, it seems like a very niche device. Mm-hmm. Um, it targeting specifically people that have giant steam libraries. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a giant steam library that you've been, that's been essentially your platform that you've chosen over the last 15 years or whatever, you know, um, yeah, I can see that like you want to take some of those things with you potentially. And you can plug this this supposedly coming later, you know, you can plug this into a television and mm-hmm. whatever. So kind of getting switch type of functionality that way. Right. Um but I always say like you get the most games available to you if you play on PC. Mm-hmm. But you have more work to play on PC. Like it's still like a lot of people, really, really a lot of people, their barrier to entry for gaming is going to be, well, I have my smartphone, so I'm going to play some games there. Now, if they want to take this step up and play something a little more involved, then the console or, you know, whether that be a PlayStation or a Switch or whatever is usually that step. Mm -hmm. PC requires like dedication, like you um it, to someone that's used to using it it often doesn't seem like a big deal but like right. i'll be playing with my brother-in-law and like all of a sudden he is dropping frames playing fortnite why i don't know well he can figure it out 
can take some time and like, oh, this is running in the background, this is doing this or whatever. But normal people don't do that. Right. They're like, my game isn't working. Mm -hmm. Now what? Um, when I have when I want to play a game on Game Pass that is part of EA play that's included in Game Pass, I then have to click on that game and it says you need to download EA's launcher. So then mm -hmm. EA's launcher downloads for that. But then if it's the outdated version, there's two versions of this, then you can mess it up. You have trouble like it launching. So you get to get rid of the other one and have have the newer one on or whatever. Right. And you get to like it's I was playing with Shane and it was it was a hassle. We got to figure it out, but a hassle. Uh, games are are segment segmented in a lot of ways. This way you want to play Blizzard Activision games, you need their launcher. And this is all on a system that can still get viruses that you still like do other things on potentially like normal people don't PC game. Okay. Normal mm -hmm. people don't do it. But if you're into it, you're an enthusiast, you're used to running windows or Linux or whatever your thing is. And you want it like, great. It's, it's the best place to play. You know, you can get the highest performance and the most game choices. So anyways, my point is the, the valve Ste uh, steam deck is I feel like it's targeting that group, which is a sizable group, but that still mm -hmm. niche group of gamers that maybe want to take something on the go. And I wonder how well it will perform. Like how well is Steam OS going to be? Is it going to be a stable thing on here? Yeah. You know, or is it going to manage? A, uh, I don't know. I'm just interested, you know, if this is going to take off or flop. So yeah. 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 Legit questions. I mean, like who is this for? And mm -hmm. is it going to hit its target market? Um, or, you know, are we are we really going to see like newer gamers, you know, or somebody like myself who like, you know, did some PC gaming a long, long, long time ago, has sort of like thought about getting back into it, hasn't quite pulled the trigger yet. Like, is this a way in? Yep. Maybe. I mean, yeah. And there's there's I mean, I always think of when I think of like new gamers and stuff or people coming back to it. I always think of our friend Tara because mm, sure. I never expected that she would like jump back into it, but she's jumped back in and the switch was that entry point for her. Mm -hmm. And because the switch is a very low, like easy entry, no barrier kind of device. It's mm -hmm. friendly. Um, it's very simple to use. Um, and this like, I mean, the battery life range is like two to eight hours. Well, if you're going to play a big game, it's going to be like that two hours. Okay? Right. So which you which be can be quite disappointing. Outlet. Yeah. Yeah. So you're taking this on the go, be near and out. It's like bringing a gaming laptop someplace. Mm -hmm. You never you're never going to use your gaming laptop not plugged into the wall. Like that's right. just the way it is. Right. So I don't know. It's just um, I don't know. I, I could like you know, rant back and forth all day about what I think of this thing or whatever. But uh, I, uh, I just, I don't know. I want to know what it's going to do. I can't see the future. The future's clouded with this one. <laughs> so. Be handy. Be handy. Yeah. <laughs> um, another video game story, which is interesting that you put in here. Mm -hmm. uh, wanna, 
let us know what this is all is about. I have I have some connective things to this as well here. Yeah. So uh, Netflix officially announced that it is going to be getting into gaming, um, specifically original gaming. Um, it's going to offer its subscribers. Um, I think they they're going to start first for phone games, if I remember correctly from the article. Um, they're gonna they're gonna do like. Um, like uh, on your phone marketplace games um, and then move into figuring out console gaming. And then there, they said the plan is to build off of like console games and then turn those if they're successful into then Netflix shows. So then it's like this whole big, like circular, you know, like, production vehicle that keeps like you know giving on back to them and getting returns for them um and giving them content you know kind of in dual areas both in gaming and um obviously in their in their original wheelhouse which is you know tv shows i i don't love this like at all okay interesting um i think it's like a weird knee-jerk reaction to um you know, falling subscribers, which I think what everybody knew coming out of the pandemic that people were just going to not be streaming as much and they were going to lose subscribers and that's fine. And I think this is like a weird panic move. Um, I mean, I, I don't doubt that they've thought about this before, uh, but I just think about all of Amazon's failures in the gaming <laughs> arena And I just, I don't know how this is not going to be another failure. I think Netflix has done really well with um, shows based on gaming and creating content out of, you know, already existing games elsewhere. Like they've had the new Resident Evil series drop, which I've started and I like so far. Um, Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so they've, they've already done things that I think work. I think they just need to like stay in that lane rather than like making the foray into gaming. Sure. Alan really just shared in our. Oh, oh sorry. What did Alan just share? Well, he's saying because you brought up Amazon. Oh, um, yeah. Amazon has been letting people, there's been beta tests and stuff for yeah. their new game, their sure. MMORPG or whatever. And sure. he's saying it's been bricking some people's graphics card, graphic cards. So hmm. um, that's not great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, if you want another like cautionary tale from Amazon, there's another, you know, poor mm-hmm. showing there. Um, yeah, no, I don't know what I was going to say. You're talking about um, figuring Netflix should stick to doing adaptations of games oh and yeah like that maybe series and... yeah i just i think they've had success in that arena and i think like they they produce so much great original content they've already you know they've they've nailed that i haven't heard like any sort of like here's our gaming team or you know we're pairing up with you know so and so to produce these games so there's no like Ooh, like this person really knows what they're doing. Like, you know, there's yeah. no even chance to be excited about that kind of thing. So yeah, I just, that's I don't a good know. Point. It's troublesome to me. Cause you know, everybody keeps talking about different 
acquisitions potentially happening mm -hmm. in the gaming space, like just with the way production costs are going right now, it seems like a lot of people are for sale or they're potentially like willing to sell if the money's right. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, I it would have been interesting. I wouldn't have liked it, but it would have been really interesting if they would have kind of announced this with a purchase announcement as well. Like, Hey, right. we're, we're or a grabbing this, whatever. Or... Yeah. Yeah. And which leads me to like my thing, because before this was announced, um, there've been some rumors going around and I don't know how credible they are. Um, but the idea was that maybe PlayStation was making some sort of deal with Netflix because oh. I think they're going to be, sure. uh, some of Sony's content is coming to Netflix. They also, they already have some sort of working deal. Mm -hmm. And basically there was like a, a data mine thing that showed Ghost of Tsushima and a PlayStation 5 controller when they were looking through Netflix's stuff. Oh, and, okay. Interesting. And um, Sony is going to have real problems competing with um, one. They can't compete with Nintendo because Nintendo sells hardware that's a little older that they can actually make money on. Right. And they've got like a massive catalog of of uh, like lovable characters that people know around the world. Right. And then Microsoft is just a behemoth. They're a two trillion dollar company and they can afford to lose money while they build their Netflix of gaming. Mm -hmm. So they have a big head start here. Well, I'm sure Netflix has heard. Well, Netflix of gaming, Netflix of gaming for Game Pass all the time. Well, why aren't we just Netflix, the Netflix of gaming, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so I can understand that. And I wonder if maybe there's something to Sony making some sort of deal with Netflix that because Sony can't afford to put out all their games for free on a streaming service. They can't right. do that. Like Sony makes so much money from PlayStation. They can't use other parts of the company to float PlayStation. Yeah. So if they had some sort of deal where, you know, you get, PlayStation now or PlayStation plus and Netflix together and one, you know, there you can access one another from either as UI or whatever kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's something I could see making a lot of sense because Sony is you. smartly trying to like reach out. They've made a partnership with discord. They mm -hmm. bought uh, Evo, the fighting thing. They're like, they made a partnership with someone making a fight or a, like a, some multiplayer game for them. So they're trying to do these partnership things and someone as big as Netflix would be quite, quite the catch. Yeah, absolutely. That would be quite the get. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would have more probably mixed feelings about a Netflix Sony partnership. Um, you know, good and bad, good in the sense of like, it would make me, I guess, think, Netflix is more legit in moving to, into this gaming arena. I might not like the fact that, you know, it feels like Sony would be subsumed by Netflix um, and maybe there would be some creative issues there. Um, but at least it would signal to me that, like I said, this is a legit move right now. This this just seems like, why are you doing this? Well, what if, you know, like, what if... Um... Netflix, so they start making, you know, hiring outs to make their mobile games. 
but then they have a tab within the Netflix thing that is just labeled PlayStation. And so you can access mm -hmm. PlayStation in the Netflix app and stream games. You know, Netflix like, is very good at streaming. So, so like already be, made games, just like kind of Game uh, yep. Pass. So they would give give access sure. to PlayStation catalog sure. of games that could stream. And you get that bundled in with your Netflix costs or whatever, and you're good to go. And then if Netflix, if there's, you know, this is successful for them, they see a future in this and they start making, put their own studio together to make their own games. Not only can they release them on this service, but then they could also release them exclusively for mm -hmm. PlayStation con, you know, like, so it either be on the yeah. streaming app on Netflix or it would be on a uh, PlayStation hardware that you yeah. want to like buy a disc or download it or something like that. It could be, I mean, that's complicated because, you know, these giant corporations and each of them making each other happy, you know, that's a difficult thing, but that would be my worry. Yeah. Like, like what but, you're proposing sounds like, like an equal partnership and would benefit both companies. Um, but mm -hmm. my worry would be that like, what if Netflix doesn't doesn't put together its own gaming team and just sort of like leans on Sony and says like, hey, we have all these ideas about games and we want you to produce them. And Sony's like, but we're already doing these other games. And they're like, well, you know, like who well, owns who? Yeah. Are we in a partnership or, or or is like Netflix like taking over Sony? And they're like, surprise, like we want you to like produce our games now. So I don't think there'll be any sort of I think that would be very strict that it would be no sort of acquisition. It'd be strictly like we're making a mutual thing here to your you're getting Netflix. You're getting a head start in the gaming mm -hmm. space. You're getting a lot of people yeah. coming to your service because they can play the games that they know and love from us. And us Sony are getting a heads like because we're going to need to be able to compete in this streaming world of right. gaming. And so like if as long as ego isn't like getting away and like i this that could work i, I again these are really just we're, we're spitballing it's like yeah, this is not yeah. there's no there's no like deal <laughs> no um but i think it could work i mean but i could see netflix being like because sony owns crunchyroll and funimation right netflix competes very heavily in in streaming anime Yes. You know, and uh, so they're direct competitors in this sense, but they're direct competitors in the sense that Sony makes movies and Netflix makes movies and, you know, right. whatever. But I don't know. So, yeah, but they've worked with in the past before. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting move. Um, right. Yeah. Like right now, I still feel like it's a little bit of a panic move by Netflix to like announce this without anything big to substantiate it, right? To back it up, yep. to make it feel legit. Uh, but in the future, if they do announce that, like, you know, I I'm willing to give it a shot and see where they take it. Um, sure. you know, if they're if they're truly gonna do this, like multi-year development of you know first we'll develop the game and then we'll you know make the movie or the tv series off the game and maybe that'll spawn like a new game and you know like the mm. the ball just keeps rolling yeah potentially a very interesting source of content for them and and a way to um you know maybe get a new demographic or lure people back in you know who maybe like canceled their subscription or something yep and so, i mean time, time will tell but 
I don't know. That exact thing you just said is so in line with what Sony is trying to do. Like yeah. they're very like we want to make we want to make some more mobile games now. We want to have our television shows and movies mm-hmm. that are based on our IIP already. So they definitely want to see this sort of connectivity between mediums as well. So Right. Right. Similar vision. Yeah, so we'll see we'll see who uh who kind of does it the best. Yep. You know, nobody's not nobody is doing it first cuz everybody's kind of doing it, but we'll see who does mm-hmm. it the best. Um, moving out of gaming news, uh, we talked a little bit last week about black, the black widow premiere and the numbers it was brought in and just being how it's difficult now. And this, like the state of, of the entertainment world, how to judge, um, the success of a film or not. Mm -hmm. And Disney came out pretty, uh, thumping their chest about their first weekend and then we're pretty quiet on the second. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like Space Jam even did uh, a little better than yeah. Black Widow on the second weekend. So there's a big drop off and theaters are mad. They're mad at Disney. So theaters have the idea that, well, see, this wouldn't be the case if you wouldn't be putting your thing on your streaming service. So how mm-hmm. dare you? Right. And I don't know. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, I mean... I so we're we're talking about last week how you know Chris and I felt like Black Widow is kind of one of those movies that you know if we had our druthers we'd go to the movie theater to see it you know rather than like pay the money for you know getting it on our Disney plus we'd rather like actually go to to the theater and spend the money on like a night out or whatever but I could see where having once done that you know, and we were like, oh, we really want to watch it again. We're not going to go to the theater probably to watch it again. At that point, yeah, we probably might like fork out the money, you know, to to rent it on Disney Plus the second time. So I could see where mm. like theaters could get mad that they're like, we're not getting like these repeat viewers. We're not getting the people who are coming back to the theater to watch it a second time. Like they're going right. home and being like, ah, I don't really want to go out to the theater again. Like, let's just, you know, get it on Disney premiere. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's a weird time because I see so many, like, different assumptions out there, one way or another, about, like, again, it's this blame game. It's what's happening Mm -hmm. here. And it's just, there's, there's too many factors to know. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. People's behavior. Um, Yep. So it's, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I, we're we're back to where I, we don't know anything, guys. All right, we have no answers. <laughs> right? We don't know what's going to happen here. It's all up in the air. Um, well, and part of me wonders if you know we are talking. I think a, a few episodes back now about our own viewing habits and how we don't really rewatch movies and TV shows as much as we used to, uh, yeah. because there's so much out there that's offered that you just feel like. You almost can't waste the time you gotta doing keep going. like a rewatch. Yeah, you have to keep going. You have to like watch the next big thing that everybody's talking about or like the next thing that you're interested in or, you know, I wonder if, you know, that's just going to be a symptom now of anything that's released that, mm-hmm. you know, people are just going to be that like one and done um, and you really only get like a very select group of diehards 
that are like, yeah, I'll go back and watch that again, even if I have mm -hmm. to pay for it. Yep. I just think, I mean, I, I just think the industry is going to have to recalibrate. I think yeah. the theater is going to have to stop making us think about it. Like yep. understand the position that you're in, like the writing is on the wall mm -hmm. has been for many years. You know, it's kind of like blockbuster. I think yeah. blockbuster, um, was had the ability at one point to buy Netflix and really? they decided no on oh we'll pass on that oh god cool. oh god you oh know. god you, you don't see I don't know the, who passed it's, on that if that's real but oh my god I can't yeah. imagine that they're anywhere else but like just like a shack in a cave or something somewhere just hold up <laughs> being like what did I do you know it's Kodak versus Fujifilm Mm -hmm. uh kodak uh was the big film uh producer in america and fujifilm was in like east asia in you know in japan and japan's like incredibly prevalent for cameras well mm -hmm. fuji saw the writing on the wall when it came to film they started investing in other areas of imaging and so though they still did film like they got into like medical uh imaging Yes. And, you know, mm -hmm. moved into digital and Kodak didn't Kodak yep. tried to transition way too late to anything yep. else and just died like an American classic, you know, uh, just such a huge brand. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, all but dead. And um, yeah, theaters like I think it's just uh, such a Gestapo. They just they have such a they've had such, <laughs> you know, like Hollywood and the theater systems have just had each other by the balls for like so many mm -hmm. years. And I just think no one's going anywhere. This is the way a system works guys. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, when they can't maintain control anymore, they start freaking out. Spicy John. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's going to have to recalibrate measures of success now. Um, because I just don't think that you can pre and post pandemic, you know, they're just not ever going to quite match up. Um, I think too much of our, our behavior and habits and those include our entertainment and movie going habits have been changed. And I think, you know, they're, they're not small changes. They're, they're, they've been ingrained now for a year plus, and we're just so used to them that, you yep. know we're just not going to go back to the way it was. Yep. So, yeah. So everybody, I mean, we can still, I think, you know, look at, you know, is a film a success or not based on numbers, but I think the numbers just have to be different and we have to, yep. to calibrate against like a different, you know, measuring stick. Yep. Um, that being said that, oh, oh. go ahead. No, what did Alan share? It's about photography. Um, um, I think I, mean, I would need time to like look at this, but I think he's talking about um, person that invented the first digital camera while working at, at Kodak. Eastman Kodak in 1975. It's about eight pounds. Um, wow. There's a video to watch with this. I'd have to like get back yeah. to you on what's going on here. Um, that is fascinating. 
While Kodak might not have seen the potential in a digital future, Stephen did. Of course, there were no cell phones, no internet. Most TVs still black and white. It's crazy Um, to think like a digital camera existed in the 70s. Like that blows my mind. Yeah. Here's the line. (laughs) Kodak also held about 90% of the film market at the time, seeing digital as a competitor to their own film products. Rather than the future of photography, Kodak chose not to pursue it. Um, This is my lesson to people always with like competition. You know, there's always this idea that someone's, you know, like understand what you do. You know, what you do is not film. What you do is provide, you know, like still captures of people's memories. Right. How that how that happens is your job. Right. Not like, you know, like it. it's so, you know, whether it's making phone calls, you know, it could, mm-hmm. it's not making phone calls, it's communicating. So right. if you were like, oh, well, we don't want to do this texting thing. Texting stupid. It's a, a you know, we call. We do some other company. Yeah. Calls. Right. Yeah. You know, then it's uh, yeah, it's not the way this works. Yep. So. Innovator die. Yep. Um talking about dying <laughs> halloween scary yes. things yeah uh, what's this going on here yeah so uh bruce campbell uh of the uh, evil dead franchise um and many other things but uh, a lot of people yep. obviously know him from evil dead uh did an interview recently um about the fact that uh evil dead is being re-released on the big screen for halloween which is definitely something I would go to a movie theater to see, um, even yeah. if, you know, we're not going to measure it by box office millions or whatever. Like this, this would be a fun thing. Like I would go to yes. this. I love it. Absolutely. Um, reminds me kind of of, you know, like my childhood when like Star Wars was re-released on screen or, you know, just like those mm-hmm. like iconic things that that get re-released. They're just like really fun to go to. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that's going to be re-released um, uh, around Halloween, I think, like, the first couple of weeks in October. Um, and then they're talking about um, the new Evil Dead movie, um, which he will not be in. He's just doing, like, a, a voiceover um, and, like, a special intro, which I am bummed about, but... yeah. Obviously, obviously, yeah, his choice to, you know, not not play action. Yeah. 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 Um, You know, he's going to be making his own new contribution to the Evil Dead franchise by, you know, voice uh, being a voice in the new video game that's coming out, um, which I'm also like interested in, even though. I had mixed feelings about video games that come from movie properties, mm-hmm. but at least Evil Dead looked fun. Whereas like some of the other ones that were debuting like Fast and Furious and Stranger Things and um, even Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, that we were talking about from E3 mm-hmm. just didn't really look all that appealing. Yeah. Um, but this one does. So I'll, I think I'll give it a shot. Um, and then he was also asked about being in Doctor Strange 2. And gave some strong hints that this is for real, that this was legit. Okay, okay. And uh, I'm cool with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
he can be like a different uh realm or dimensions mm-hmm. um um what's the what's called um something uh, you're the um whatever prime or the magician something <laughs> you're like the um, sorcerer supreme that's oh, it. oh oh okay all right okay he can I be the sorcerer you supreme you okay. um, of another I'm dimension sorry, like, or something prime, like that. Optimus Prime, like this is Transformers. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't get there, but yes, Supreme. Yes, that would be sweet. I would love it. Mm-hmm. Or like he could be, I don't know, could he be like Doctor Strange's father or something? Like, could you see that? Mm. I could see that. Like, and like that, from, that from like Dr. another Strange dimension wants or nothing to do with him. You know, yeah. he's like totally disowned him. You know, but. Or like he could be from another dimension where, you know, like Doctor Strange had like a totally different life or I don't know. Isn't the different dimension thing so convenient? Wow. It's almost like it's a a good mechanic (laughs) for lazy writers. Ah, the multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll be excited to see what what he does and i would love if i could get to the alamo to see the evil dead when it comes back out agreed agreed i'm so psyched that the alamo is opening up i had originally heard it was opening up in july and thought it would be open for black widow but apparently they're either opening like at the very end of july or august so yeah it's um or like early august i I I hadn't heard too when that was yeah i think it was like first week of august okay um, so they shifted that again then. Call. but yeah. coming up it's coming up so um one more news story before uh, you give a review of mm-hmm. ted lasso yes. um emmy nominations huh yeah they're released this past week i mean Late, late last week, I think technically on Friday, um, when we'd already had like a bunch to cover for our show on Loki. Um, But yeah, just a lot, a lot of nominations that I was excited about just because I feel like I've actually watched a lot of these shows, you know, Um, like The Boys is on there, Bridgerton, The Crown, The Mandalorian, Lovecraft Country. Um, Cobra Kai's in there, Ted Lasso, which obviously I'm going to talk about. Um, and a lot of the actors from a lot of these same, so it's a lot of the same series kind of being nominated over and over again, but there are a lot of really great series. Um, so, I mean, if, if nobody else is coming up and like, you know, doing it better, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've seen. Like I said, I would probably say now like 70% of these shows and uh, they're all excellent wow. in my opinion. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. I see that your favorite Emily in Paris is nominated for Outstanding Ugh, Comedy Series. That, that's okay. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> one I have seen. And I, and so here's where, where me and wh- whoever is uh, making these nominations are starting to disagree because Emily in Paris, while a fine show to have on in the background while you're doing something else is not Emmy worthy. It just isn't unless you're doing costume does, design. And then I completely am like totally for it. Clothes were fabulous because it's uh, Patricia field who did sex in the city. 
and she she does have an eye like i love you know the the clothes that she puts her characters in but if we're talking about acting jesus no <laughs> does the handmaid's tale deserve that many supporting actress in a drama series like that many stand out that's There's four of them just for one category well i don't know because I also looked at the outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series, and you've got four guys from Ted Lasso. Like, um, so apparently, apparently the, they have the same oh, yeah. issue. Huh. It's like dominated by Ted Lasso. And, and when I think about like the guys in there, yeah, they all did like really, really, really great jobs. So I just don't know if it was like, you know, there was a dearth of you know, great acting at this position, or if they were just sort of like stuck and they were like, well, we can't choose. So let's throw them all in there. You know? Mm -hmm. So oh, that's... you McGregor nominated for Halston. Yes. I, I did watch... see that. I haven't heard if it's good or not. I, I want to watch that still. I know I, it, I just, it got like heavily advertised stuff. and then like disappeared. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so good, bad. Otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that made me interested to go back and see that. Um, I was excited also to see that WandaVision was nominated for Outstanding Limited Series because I really loved it. Mm -hmm. I think Loki was just too recent. Like, you know, obviously they couldn't. Right. You know, view that before making all of these nominations. But I was very excited to see WandaVision on there. And um, both Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen nominated for acting because I thought they did outstanding jobs. Um. But when we start getting into the outstanding guest actor in a series okay, yeah. and actress, mm -hmm. I'm, this is again like one of my gripes here. Don Cheadle is nominated for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Do you remember I Don Cheadle? I he was even in there. No, he... I was going to say until I saw this and thought about it. Where I did he not like remember that. introduces Sam at the Smithsonian and they have like a five second chat and Don Cheadle, everybody. It was like he was reaching through the screen to pull at your heart. No, no. And I love, <laughs> I love Don Cheadle. I do. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> but no. Yeah, no, that's a bit, uh, it's that's a stretch. It's a terrible too. stretch or, um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't think you've seen this, but I did. Claire Foy was nominated for The Crown. She is also in exactly like five minutes of this season as a flashback. Okay, yeah. And mm -hmm. and again, it's not like this like big, huge, impactful thing. And I yep. think this is this is very like reminiscent of, you know, Anne Hathaway getting nominated for being in 10 minutes of Les Mis. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, really? This is like feeling like a stretch here, people. Well, and see this too, and guest actor, um, Carl Weathers. And I like Carl Weathers. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he's, he's a class act and he does a good job in the show, but he's honestly doesn't seem like a guest actor. He's a mm -hmm. he's a supporting actor. Sure. He is a has a reoccurring role. Sure. Timothy Oliphant, I get, you know, but uh yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a miss, like, that's the wrong category. Like, someone just yeah. wanted to give him a nomination. Yeah, and I feel like if it's such a stretch, like, 
either have less nominees or just like maybe pause the category for a year. If there's nothing that really strikes you. Yeah. Like, right, I just don't. don't know why, like, you can't just be like, nope, not this year. We just didn't see anything that, that you know, was in there. Yep. I think that's fine. It's not like you're pausing, yep. like, the outstanding, you know, lead actor or actress or the outstanding series. Like, that would be crazy. But I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Sometimes it's just like, or like here in outstanding variety sketch series, which is a very specific category. They have two nominations. Cool. That doesn't bother me to have that few nominations. If that, right. that's all you thought deserved to yeah. get in there. Doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Just like make it real people. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. When is this air? Uh, Emmys? Yeah. September 19th. We yes. got some time. Yes, around my birthday, apparently. Yeah. Well, yay for you, birthday gift. Yay! <laughs> you know what would have been a good birthday gift? Is if they did not cancel Lovecraft Country, which got 18 nominations. Just okay. saying. Okay. I'm See, a little but... salty about that as well. Like, clearly, like, you know... Whatever voting body that made this up thought it was good enough to give 18 nominations to. And studio execs were still like, mm, no, we're good. We're going to cancel season two. But they also thought that Don Cheadle should be. Maybe <laughs> should. Yeah, I know. It's very so... confusing. I want I want to cherry pick, John. Don't don't confuse me with logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it's. um. Personally, I would be uh, excited if Hollywood and any associated um, entity in the entertainment uh, space didn't care about the awards. Like, yeah. I don't like, because it's so common, and you often can tell, or it's strongly assumed that someone making a specific movie is shooting for the Oscar they're going mm -hmm. for the Oscar with this one, you know, and they're, that's the intent. And I don't want that as the intent. I don't want right. the intent of someone is like, I need, I need a physical item to showcase my, the, you know, adulation that the fans and a small board of like know-it-alls has for me or whatever, mm -hmm. like just make your art, you know? And, right. um, if people love it, I hope they love it. You know, if it's uh, if it's worthy and if they don't, then, you know, stop. So, you know, what what were the ratings like? What were the what's the viewership like for uh, Lovecraft Country? That's the thing that matters. But then you do get confused because sometimes that seems to not matter. They uh, Netflix had a very popular show in jupiter's legacy i guess yeah i was doing very well yes. and then very quickly they said we're not doing any more of it yep so it's an it's the decisions made are sometimes very baffling yes very very odd. arbitrary like what what is your metric if it's not awards or if it's not you know mm -hmm. like viewership or popularity like what is it yep. yeah or or yep. did somebody just make the decision a little bit too prematurely? 
Yeah. You know, like they just thought like, oh, it's not going well right now or immediately after we've launched, you know, whatever show we've launched. So that must mean it's not going to go well ever. So let's just like cut our losses. Yeah. Well, Netflix has the thing to shake that I guess they they don't seem to want to do that. Like, so it seems like with Jupiter's Legacy, a lot of people came and watched the show, mm -hmm. but it was all available at once, like Netflix does. Yeah. And then people are watching it and talking about it for like a couple days and then it's gone and no one's talking about it again. Right. And anyone that's watching it is such a small group. So if you do make it an event where you get an episode a week, like Disney is doing or whatever, you know, HBO does all that kind of mm -hmm. thing, then you spread out that hype. You spread, you keep your show in the conversation. Right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that your show did not get renewed, <laughs> or renewed but yes. maybe, I mean, will that make you feel better if it wins awards? Maybe or just make you more mad be like, come on. <laughs> maybe it'll be a consolation prize. And it's not did, like I haven't seen some of the actors elsewhere. Obviously, we we're just talking about um, Loki. Yes. And seeing uh, uh, the sister from Lovecraft Country. I cannot remember. Ruby, I think. Well, and the, um, I mean, I won't spoil it, I guess, but the star of Lovecraft Country 2 makes his appearance. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, he did. Yep. And, like, I've only seen Jonathan the Majors, first episode yeah. of Lovecraft, but he he did a really good job in there, for sure. He like, did. Mm -hmm. Is he nominated? He is, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think almost all of the actors are nominated for okay. Lovecraft Country. Yep, Jonathan Majors, Journey Smollett, Michael K. Williams, and I don't know how to pronounce her name, Anjanu Ellis. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made my best effort, so. Yeah, so I mean, slew of acting awards, which I think were well-deserved. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's the news. I'm sure there's more, but uh, that's yeah. big stuff we found. So, um, in well, I, guess, well, I guess I should say, yeah, awards, other news, mm -hmm. Ted Lasso. Yeah. So, Ted Lasso, season two, not in its entirety, but uh, just episode one of season two dropped today on Apple TV. Um, and first season of Ted Lasso, I think, received 20, over 20 nominations for the Emmys, um, including, obviously, we just talked about, like, four um, outstanding supporting actor nominations, um, and obviously a lead for Jason Sudeikis. Um, I think it got, like, you know, best comedy series, a few others as well. But, yeah. Yeah. It's... uh quite the hit and i think basically a lot of what people seem to be talking about right now it's been all over the news it's been all over twitter i even found it um trending on my work twitter account today interesting so i was like okay like some of the uh some of the professors um that uh uh my account follows in the school of public health were talking about ted lasso so it seems to be one of those just like hot shows especially right now uh, between all the Emmy nominations and between season two coming. So, well, and that's a good, like, um, 
example of not giving up on your show too quickly mm -hmm. because season one, I'd heard a lot of people like it, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like this huge show. It was it pretty quiet still. Didn't. Yeah. yeah. So if now all of a sudden season two is coming out and the like evangelists from season one are mm -hmm. like, you know, ringing the church bells uh, and shouting on high, then um, yeah, maybe it'll make a difference and season two will blow up. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's well positioned um, as a show that it's not um, it's almost family friendly. I'm going to say that about it. Um, OK, it's it's so close. It's a it's a really good show. It's got like a positive spin and a positive angle to it. But there's mm -hmm. definitely like enough dirty humor that you wouldn't exactly want to watch this with your kids. Um, it's okay. it's a little bit too adult for children, maybe not for teens. Um, you could maybe watch it, you know, if you've got like teenage kids, uh, yeah. but definitely not like little kid friendly unless you're quite certain that dirty jokes are going to blow completely over their head. And okay. uh, it's got quite the uh, the filthy language, too, from some of characters. So. So what I want to know. Yeah. In your spoiler free spoiler free review here. Yes, um, I'm going to do my best. If, if you so, want to know nothing about Ted Lasso, like, obviously, like, stop listening, you know, pause, come back after you've watched some Ted Lasso, because there's no way to talk about it, like, and not say anything about it. But yes, I will be I will be major plot point spoiler free. I want to know, like, should should I watch this show? I really, yes. really don't want to watch shows about sports. Okay. Let's, I don't care at all. Okay. So that is one of the best and worst things about this show. Okay. So this show is tangentially about sports. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. looks like it would be heavily sports focused. Um, and sports serves as a really great backdrop for the show, but, but you don't have to know anything basically about sports to watch the show. Cause I know, I know absolutely zero about soccer. Um, and that is not a main focus of this show. The, the main focus of this show is relationships between characters. Um, either ones that have already, that are already there and are solidly developed enough that like these characters just sort of like fall into this really great natural rapport. And it's just like watching them like banter back and forth on screen as with, um, our main character, Ted Lasso, and his assistant coach, Coach Beard. Um, they clearly already have had a very established relationship, and they, they're, they like, the heart of the show. They just get each other, and they can just, like, speak in shorthand. But they, but they speak in a shorthand that somehow invites the audience in. You feel like you're in the inner circle. Like, they don't, they don't have, like, inner jokes that you're somehow not a part of. So that's kind of one of the really great things. Like they have this like established relationship, but then, you know, these pair of characters go to England. They're very fish out of water. You know, they're football coaches trying to coach European football um, and they're forging new relationships, you know, amongst the team. And that's really the focus of the show is, is the forging of relationships. So I think that that part is one of the best, especially for people who aren't interested in like a sports drama, like, um, 
like, you know, Friday Night Lights or something like that. That was a little bit more sports heavy. Right. So you did have to understand some of the rules of the game to get in there. This is this is much less than that. On the flip side, sometimes the show treats, you know, the sports side of it a little too lightly. Um, you know, yeah. they have this whole great angle about, you know, Ted's a fish out of water and ha ha, isn't it funny? Like he doesn't know anything about soccer. But then there's a point later on in the season where they make the joke again and you're like, he really should have like learned something about soccer by now. Like this isn't, <laughs> this isn't funny. <laughs> like yeah. if he's supposed to be a good coach, which he clearly cares about being a good coach um, as a character, you feel that. You know, and that's emphasized mm -hmm. in in throughout the season. Um, you know, it's no longer funny that he doesn't even know what offsides is in soccer. It's like he, you know, I'm like right. maybe we, we should have like done a little bit better about that. Yeah. So. Yep. So it's it's a good and bad okay. thing about the show. Okay. Yeah, I I always just like it's not um if it's not like a a not understanding the you know the mm -hmm. sport it's always just like it's sometimes i want that extra element of something i'm interested in mm -hmm. to pull me in it's like game yeah. of thrones like really really it's i mean when game of thrones is at its best it's really about the character drama it is yes. about those relationships and the political maneuverings of everyone trying to like seek out the throne and usurp one another or what you know that kind of thing that's what it's about but it has if that was in the like field of soccer <laughs> wow you don't have me you don't have me it might yeah. if i sit down and watch it it might be really good but i am not interested to start yeah. with you know like i am interested because it's a medieval you know fantasy kind of thing which i'm right. interested in so yeah but yeah so i think me, i need to just sit down and ignore that and I like it anyways. I I do think so. Um, I think the writing is very smart. It's very quick and very witty. Um, and it's it can be both, you know, kind of hit you over the head comedy and also very subtle, like understated, like that was a great line, you know, mm -hmm. or just like some physicality between the actors. Like, I just feel it's one of those really great ensemble casts where everybody who interacts on screen works well off of each other. Like there's no weak relationships. There are characters who don't interact and that's fine and they don't need to. I'm glad, you know, some characters aren't like forced to like have a scene together just to try and like make it full circle. Um, yeah, no, it's just everybody who interacts with each other on screen does a really great job like playing off one another. And it's sort of like somebody took Somebody took like a really great, you know, like comedy skit and thoughtfully and smartly made it into a series yeah. filled with, nice. I think, characters who are, you know, there can be like stereotypes, you know, there's kind of like the, the aging athlete and the young ingenue, you know, rising star coming up and stuff like that. There are stereotypes mm -hmm. in there, but they're played really smartly so that you don't just focus on that and that's not all right. the character is like they have very full complete characters in here cool nice so you're pumped for season two i um, am i am anything else we need to know about season one i mean i i believe you that i will like it <laughs> just like 
do I like not watch, you know, some uh, Korean dramas to make mm -hmm. space for Ted Lasso? Well, well, here's <laughs> here's my here's my thought. You know me, I like to balance out my my dark and light shows. So if you need yeah. like a little break from the K drama, these are obviously very quick thirty minute episodes that are. Um, while sometimes they do deal with more serious topics, which I, you know, you can't really shy away from in anything. That's not this, this show is very like, let's show you a slice of life and life isn't always funny. Um, mm -hmm. so I think it handles, you know, the few more emotionally deep topics it goes into well, but, it, but it mostly obviously stays on the lighter side of things. So yeah, if you're, if you're needing a little bit of a break from the, the two hour, mini drama episodes of crash landing on you this is this is something definitely to watch it gets i think it pulls you in pretty early on um and it's a it's a really fun character study nice oh cool all right um anything else um yeah i would i would just say like there's about this show, like there's a lot of people who kind of talk about like, it's a really positive show, which I think is mm -hmm. really nice. Um, it's positive without being like over the top and syrupy or right. like too like happy go lucky. Like, you know, the, the show obviously knows that like things don't always work out and sometimes things don't work out for our characters. And that again, feels very real, but it is nice to like sometimes sit down to a show that, that sort of like believes in itself, believes in its characters and like believes in like this more like hopeful message. Right. Um, without being corny, it's like yeah. smartly hopeful and smartly positive. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a nice thing to sit down to, I think for sure. Cool. Um, and it's a, it's a, a nice, um, adult like positivity. It's funny. It's, you know, not too dumbed down. It's not, you know, afraid to be like, we're a bunch of adults and we do adult things, uh, but we don't have to be like gross about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, if you weren't getting Apple TV plus for free, we'd be like, yep, I'm up and I'm up in that subscription. Yeah, I do have to make that decision here very quickly because my my subscription is going to run out next month. So I have to okay. decide because I won't be able to finish all 10 episodes of 10 Lasso if they're going to be, you know, dropping it every week where I thought they were dropping like all of season two, but they're not. So, um, I, I think I might, okay. I think I might up my subscription. I mean, it, you know, Apple TV isn't that much. I think it's like right. five ninety nine or something like that. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think Apple TV definitely like hit a jackpot with this show and it's Great. like taking off at a good time yeah right when right when netflix is like slumping yeah <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah maybe that's yeah yeah between the uh between the emmy nominations and like the hype and the buzz around season two um i which i have watched the first episode and i i did like as much as i liked episodes from the first season um yeah i i think this is a this is a real gem here for Apple TV and a way to draw viewers in and probably honestly 
will retain a lot of viewers just because they're probably going to be surprised that Apple TV is so cheap. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix it's not like Netflix been... is like $18 a month or something like that, whatever yeah, it is. It's, they've really oh, been raising their 4K? prices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want you want multiple device access? Like, here's mm -hmm. another couple bucks a month for you. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alan was Alan was commenting on some of the characters uh, who swears a lot and who understands the game of soccer. Oh yeah. Yep. Coach Coach Beard on the left there for our video viewers. He is an absolute gem in this show. He shouldn't have a beard. I thought for sure, oh, he's going to be clean shaven. And <laughs> Coach Beard. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, everybody says his name so seriously that I cannot tell if, like, it's his nickname or if, like, it just happens to be his actual name. Right. Like, even, yeah. even the owner of the team who, like, doesn't know him calls him Coach Beard. And I'm just like, like, is this, like, the best coincidence ever? Or is this, like, some weird, like, you know, nobody's yeah. ever going to know his real name and we're going to get it in season two and it's going to be like, I don't yeah, know, maybe like Nancy or something, you know, just like mm -hmm. off the wall, ridiculously weird. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but he is he is a gem. He is so much fun. He's a great foil um, to Ted Lasso's kind of like a beatness. Keeps it very stoic, very real. But also during a excellent karaoke scene breaks out some fun Lady Gaga. So <laughs> nice. All right. Well, so cool. that doesn't entice you to watch the show. I don't know. I don't know what else yeah. I can do. <laughs> right, yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that's it, everybody. I'll keep it a little bit shorter. I mean, even our short episodes are long. So, you know, we know how to provide sizable content here. <laughs> So give um, the viewers what they want. Yep. Spicy. Hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was episode 69 of uh Popcast on the Rocks. Are we gonna have to wait till episode 420 to like make the 14, 15 year olds laugh again with our episode title? I mean, <laughs> like oh man. Yeah. I mean, we're a, well on our way, but that's a, that's that's a ways in the future. Man. Yeah. It's got to be a num another saucy number in there somewhere, right? Or uh... Yeah. We'll figure one out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Maybe in another language. We're, we're going to go deep reference here somehow. Another there you language. go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, um, I'd like to thank our, um, our friends at uh, Killing the Flower, the band Killing the Flower, for our theme song. You should check them out on Spotify, YouTube, and Instagram. I should, like, I don't have Instagram or anything like that, so I should ask them if they're still doing much on Instagram or not. But I do know that they're working on another song pretty soon, so. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So they will be on so, then. They'll be on for sure on Spotify and YouTube and some of that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Killing the Flower. Give them a check to look. I often stream with my brother-in-law, Lucas333. That's Lucas with a K on Twitch. Um, I had been just like with my hand playing like Catan with them online and stuff, but now it's getting better. I'll probably be able to contribute in some other kinds of games as well. Today we played um, 
some Catan, and then a little bit of the new season of Fall Guys. Um, nice. That uh, just came out, I guess. And um, so, yeah, he'd appreciate a follow as well. Otherwise, we normally do our shows on Wednesdays, but uh, sometimes you can see we we have them on Fridays as well or whenever. Um, so make sure that you follow us here on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook. Check out our website um, and leave us comments, like, share, subscribe. Do so on your podcast directory. If you prefer to just listen, that's fine, too. Just make sure you leave a review, give us five stars, all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about it. So otherwise, um, until next week, thanks for joining me, Andrea. Of course, as always. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>